from the Leaders Factory comes Leadership Secrets with Dr. Michael Huttonwood. Designed to help you maximize your potential with principles that guarantee proven results. Knowing and cultivating certain attitudes about yourself will give you the mindset you need to develop your leadership potential to the fullest and fulfill all that you are born to do. Join Dr. Michael Huttonwood for Leadership by Creativity, Principles for Success, Secrets for Creating Change, and much more. You are born to lead. Jesus came to restore you back to leadership. Get back your leadership position. Let the earth know that you were here. Join your host, Dr. Michael Huttonwood, a man on a mission, and experience a destiny-changing encounter with today's message on Leadership Secrets. Hello, this is Michael Huttonwood, Senior Pastor of House of Judah and the President of the Leaders Factory here in the UK. Thanks for giving me an opportunity to be in your home and be a blessing to you. In this particular segment, I'm going to be teaching from one of my new books. You have only one life, make it count. You have only one life, make it count. Now in this book, I teach on some of the most important questions that those who make a difference and those who make impact in this world ask themselves every day. We're not born to make a living. We're born to make a difference. Until you decide to become different, you can never make a difference. And there are certain vital questions that successful people, high achievers, leaders, ask themselves every single day which motivates what they do every single day. Success consists of little daily efforts and failure consists of little daily neglects. Abraham Lincoln who said, I don't care much about anybody who is not wiser today than they were yesterday. Charles Tremendous Jones is known to have said, you are the same person today that you'll be in five years time, except for two things, the books you read and the people you associate with. It was Henry Ford who said, you are old or you are young, whether you are 80 or 20, based on whether you keep your mind young or you don't read. Reading is the difference between leadership and followership. So in this particular segment, we're going to look at some of the questions that those who make a difference ask themselves every single day. Now, I need to warn you that this message is highly detrimental to those who want to stay just where they are. It's very detrimental to those who just want to stay where they are and not make any progress in their lives, spiritually, financially, or generally in life. In other words, we're going to be provoking you to make progress and to move from where you are to where you really ought to be. A truly meaningful life begins with answering the cardinal questions. Why was I created? If you want to live a meaningful life. See, life is not about duration, but about donation. Life is not about amassing, but about contribution. Life is not about just saving and keeping, but about distribution, becoming a distributor. 
Life is about a meaningful life is about adding value both to yourself and to others. So a truly meaningful life begins with asking the cardinal question, why was I created? Also purpose is known, abuse is inevitable. Why was I created? Why did God create me? What was I born for? Why am I here? What am I here for? It was Rudyard Kipling who said, I keep six honest seven men. They taught me all that I knew. Their names are what and why and when and how and where and who. I believe you're telling me to say it again. Rudyard Kipling said, I keep six honest seven men. In other words, I keep six people in my life who serve my interests. And these people are, their names are what and why and when and how and where and who. So in order to make your life count, there are six very important questions every person, individual, business, family, ministry, married couple, nation, business, and organization must ask themselves and settle before anything else. Number one, what am I here for? What did God create me for and call me to do? What am I here to accomplish? Number two, why am I here? Why was I chosen to accomplish it and not somebody else? If I'm a pastor and a minister, I ask myself questions like, why am I in this country? Why am I in this ministry? Why am I, why am I in this family? Why am I in this church? Why am I in this business? Why am I in this organization? Until you settle this in your nation, in your church, in your ministry, in your organization, in your business, you'll probably leave one day and seek for greener pastures elsewhere. So number one, what am I here for? Number two, why am I here? Number three, with what I've been called to do, when will I accomplish it? Number four, how will I accomplish it? The way. Number five, where will I accomplish it? And number six, who am I called to? Because I'm not called to everybody. We are not called to everybody. Not everyone will celebrate us. Some will tell it, uh, tolerate us. But it's important for us to go to places where we are celebrated and not tolerated. Now, I need to add a caveat there. You can't be in a church or ministry and say, because you are not being celebrated. So because of that, you need to go somewhere else to be celebrated. You need to finish your homework. You need to finish your mentorship. You need to finish your fellowship. You need to finish your training in that particular place before you move on. And even when you move on, it's still important for you to stay in contact and be in the good books of the person whom you are following because you never know when you will need somebody somewhere along the line. So, what am I here for? Why am I here? When will I accomplish it? How will I accomplish it? Where will I accomplish it? And who am I called to? Who and with whom am I called to accomplish my task? So, to emphasize, why did God create me? What was I born for? Why am I here? What am I here for? Reason why you must ask all these questions is because the greatest tragedy in life is to be alive and not know why you are alive. And then the greatest waste in life is wasted potential. The two most important days in a man's life 
are the day you were born and the day you discover why. The day you were born and the day you discover why. Why were you born? The day Mark Twain is the one who's known to have made this particular statement. He said the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you discover why. Where purpose is unknown, abuse is inevitable, as Dr. Miles Monroe of Blessed Memory said. In Jeremiah chapter 1 from verse 5 to 10, when God called Jeremiah, he said to him, Before I formed you in the belly, I knew thee, and before you came out of your mother's womb, I ordained you, I sanctified you, I set you apart unto the nations. And he said, Our Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am but a child. But the Lord said, Never say that you are a child. You shall go to all that I shall send you. And whatsoever I command you, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build, and to plant. So you see, Jeremiah got to know why he was created, what he was born for, what God had called him to do, and he discovered that his assignment is not just to a village or to a city, but to nations. So it's very important for you to become a person of impact. It's important that you get to know why you were created, what you were born for, who are you assigned to? When will you accomplish it? With whom will you accomplish it? How will you accomplish it? It's very important that we discover these things so we don't live frustrated lives. Reasons why you must know and be fully persuaded as to why you are here is also found in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 8. It says, As a bird that wandereth from her nest, so is a man that wandereth from his place. As a bird that wandered from her nest, so is a man that wandered from his place or his assignment. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, he said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Reason for us discovering what we are born for is also found in Proverbs sixteen twenty five. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end are the ways of death. So, God created you for something specific. I need you to write that down. God created you for something specific. So, find it, train up, and do it. God created you and birthed your family, birthed your church, birthed your business, birthed your organization, birthed your ministry, birthed your nation for something specific. For instance, as a ministry... It was birthed, our ministry was birthed on the following premise. Three Ds. To discover generational leaders. Number one, discover leaders. Discover generational leaders. Number two, develop generational leaders. And then deploy generational leaders into this world. So, as our broadcast indicates, Leadership Secrets, our assignment is the three Ds. To develop generational leaders, not just leaders, but leaders with a generational mindset. Men and women who build three generations or four generations in mind, like God described himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
he builds, he says, a good man shall leave an inheritance to his children's children. So at the, the least you must prepare for and plan for is at least three generations, three generations. So our assignment is to develop, discover, discover generational leaders, develop generational leaders, and to deploy generational leaders. And I believe that you are a generational leaders. Hence our mandate, raising generational leaders, impacting nations. Raising generational leaders, impacting nations. And this is what governs everything that we do in our ministry. And we do not sway from that mandate. That is what God will reward us on, on our assignment. So, the first question is, God, first statement is, God created you for something specific. Number two, God did not create you to become a wandering generality. God did not create you to become a wandering generality, but a meaningful specific. Zig Ziglar is known to have said, don't become a wandering generality. In other words, don't just be satisfied to be among the numbers or a statistic, but become a meaningful specific. We were not born physically or birthed spiritually to become wandering generalities, but to become meaningful specifics. So we must be trained to do the work of ministry and not to sit. A great church is not determined or judged by its sitting capacity, but by its sending capacity. How many leaders are we raising? How many disciples are we making? And how many disciples are they making? This telecast is intended to raise generational leaders to impact nations. Because this nation, the earth, is waiting for the manifestations of sons, not babies, not members, but sons. It's waiting for them mature. For as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. This earth is waiting for the manifestation of sons. A great church is not judged by its sitting capacity, but by its sending capacity, its ability to raise leaders and send them out there. Number three, God created for you, God created you for a reason bigger, far bigger than just living or making a living or going to work or living from paycheck to paycheck, making money, spending money, getting married or raising children. God created you for a reason. God created you for a reason far bigger than just living or making a living or going to work or living from paycheck to paycheck, making money, spending money, getting married, entertaining yourself or raising children. Bishop Hutton Wood and Hutton Wood Publications presents the latest bestseller, Forgive But Don't Forget. We have all heard it said a thousand and more times after we have been hurt or offended. You need to forgive and forget, but does the Bible teach that? Is it advisable or wise to forgive and forget? Did our perfect example, Jesus, advise us to forgive and forget? Is the statement forgive and forget in the Bible this book contains a scriptural-wise and common-sense approach to the subject of forgiveness and unforgiveness. Looks at and explains why you must forgive things people do to hurt you, but do not forget the people and circumstances that created the situation in the first place. The good news is, you will be interested to know 
that the Bible teaches us to forgive, but there is nowhere in the Bible that says forgive and forget. Order your copies today by calling 0208-689-6010. Order your copies online, www.hasajuda.org.uk. Debit or credit card accepted. Secure online payments by using MasterCards, Visa Cards, and PayPal. I have found that I feel more fulfilled in movement than in standing still or staying in one place. It is time to live for a purpose far bigger than yourself. It is important. It is important for you to live for a purpose far bigger than yourself. It's time for you to live for a purpose far bigger than yourself. It is time for you to make eternal transactions, not just earthly transactions. Invest in what will count and matter both here and in eternity. What is that? It's living for God and adding value to people, adding value to society, adding value to cities, adding value to nations. He said, I will set you on high above all nations of the earth. He said to Abraham, I will make your name great. I'll make you a blessing and I'll make you a blessing to the nations. He said, your seed shall inherit the earth and your seed shall bless other nations. You were born to make a difference. You were not born to just make a living. You are born to make a difference and to make your life count. Contrary to what many believe, you were not created to make a living, but to make a difference, to make impact everywhere you go, to leave your impact on the sands of time. So, number one, God created you for something specific. Number two, God did not create you to be a wandering generality, but a, a meaningful specific. Number three, God created you for a reason far bigger than just living or making a living or going to work. Number four, you were born to be a change agent. You were born to be a change agent, to change atmospheres at your appearance. The moment Joseph entered Potiphar's house, he became a change agent. The whole atmosphere changed. The moment Jacob entered Laban's house, after a few years, Laban testified, I have learned by divination or by experience that God has prospered me because of you. Anytime you go anywhere, you are supposed to be an atmosphere changer. You are supposed to be a change agent. You were born to be a change agent, to change atmospheres at your appearance, at your speech, at your conduct, at your behavior, and to leave an indelible mark in your field, in your family, in your profession, in your career, in your neighborhood, in your community, in your ministry, in your church, or marketplace that can never be erased. You're supposed to leave a mark that can never be erased. The moment Joseph, like I said, entered Potiphar's house, the whole atmosphere changed. Same with Daniel and the three Hebrew boys in Babylon, and same with Jesus. Acts chapter 17, verse 6 says, But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. 
Another version said, those who are disturbing our city have come here too. That was what they described them as, those who are disturbing our city. And I thank God that that disturbance was a good disturbance, not a bad disturbance. It said, those who have come, who are disturbing our city have come here too. I call that a good disturbance and not a nuisance disturbance. It said, them that have turned the world upside down have come here too. I prophesy over your life. That any time you enter any atmosphere, any environment, any situation, that people will declare. The people who have turned the world upside down and brought a good disturbance have come here too. Let me hear your loud amen. We must aim to come to a place where these scriptures are literally our testimony. Mark chapter 1, 32 to 34, where Jesus healed at Peter's house. He says, that evening after sunset... People brought to Jesus all who were sick and demon-possessed. And the whole town, listen to this, and the whole town gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were ill with various diseases and drove out many demons. But he would not allow the demons to speak because they knew who he was. Jesus caused a good pandemonium. He says, all he healed all that were sick. The whole town gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were ill with various diseases and drove out many demons. Acts chapter 13 verse 44. He said, on the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. We're talking about people who make a difference. They ask themselves certain questions every day which motivates what they do and also motivates the results that they generate. He said in Acts 13.44, on the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. The New Living Translation says, the following week, almost the entire city turned out to hear them preach the word of the Lord. I believe the time is coming in our day and in our time when revival will break out in the name of Jesus in our cities, in our communities, and our nations. That revival will break out and our churches will be filled to overflowing, to overflow into houses. The streets will become empty. People, the next, on the next Sabbath, the city, almost the whole city will be gathered to hear the word of the Lord. And I believe that you and I will be one of them. He said the following week, almost the whole and entire city turned out to hear them preach the word of the Lord. May you receive that anointing. May you receive that grace. May you receive that enablement to be one of those that God will use in these last days to do major exploits. Genesis 41, 39 to 40. He says, you shall be in charge of my palace. That was what Potiphar's uh, Pharaoh said. To um, Joseph, you shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people will submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you, or as discreet as you. That is what they will be saying about you. Number five, you are not just born to be successful, but to be significant and relevant. You are not just born to be successful. Don't aim at just being successful. Aim at being significant. Aim at being relevant. And aim at being revolutionary. Do something that nobody has done before in your family. Leave a mark that can never be erased. Number six, you are not born to be a general practitioner. 
you were born to be a specialist. You were not born to be a general practitioner, but a specialist in your field. People are not looking for a nurse. They are looking for the nurse. They're not looking for a teacher. They're looking for the teacher. They're not looking for a dentist. They're looking for the. They're looking for somebody specialized. Receive that grace. Receive that anointing to be a specialist in your field. In the name of Jesus, I decree in your day, people will travel far and near, cross oceans, cross borders, just to come looking for what God has given to you for them. You were not born to be known for everything, but for one thing in particular. That's why Paul said, this one thing I do. Every great person is a person of one thing out of which is birthed other things. Look at Richard Branson, started with records, started with that little shop. Today we talk about Virgin Atlantic and all this manner. All these great men, both in the secular world and in the kingdom, they started with one thing, and out of that one thing was birthed many other things. You were not born to be known for everything, but for one thing in particular, out of which will be born other things. Men and women who become great are men and women of one thing. This one thing I do. Number eight, you are not born to do everything in general and nothing in particular. You were born for something in particular. Therefore, find it, train yourself daily to do it, and do it well. Let me tell you this that I learned recently. When you focus on your focus, you become the focus. When you focus on your focus, you become the focus. You are not born to do everything in general and nothing in particular. You are born for something in particular. Therefore, find it, train yourself to do it, and do it well with skill. Do it excellently. You are born for such a time as this. I would like to close this telecast without helping you and leading you to give your life to Christ, which is the center of everything you must become. So pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, forgive me for my sin. I acknowledge I am a sinner. Forgive me now. Cleanse me now. I believe you died on the cross, were raised from the dead, and I confess it with my mouth, and I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Once you pray that prayer, you're born again, you're accepted into the family, the universal family church. I would like to encourage you to follow this telecast. Go on our website and all our materials and products are right there. Until I come your way again, this Bishop Michael Hattonwood telling you you were born to make a difference. Destiny with Dr. Michael Hutton Wood from the House of Judah, the Leadership Factory, raising generational leaders, impacting the nations. We hope you have been blessed. 